Welcome to the Binge Podcast. My name is Mike. And I'm Jonathan. And this is episode two, Irish Politics. So we are all consumed by American politics, especially in this election cycle. Yes. So when we went abroad, we were kind of excited to learn about new political systems. Mm -hmm. But even many of the news networks out there were just covering U.S. politics. And we realized we didn't get enough of what's happening abroad. So we heard some stories that started to sort of concern us. And we took some time to learn from some people on our trip about what was happening in their countries. And we were shocked by what was occurring We were absolutely shocked. And also shocked that we hadn't heard any of it. So this episode is going to take you into the Irish election and Irish politics more generally and give you just a little taste of what we heard abroad. Yes, we're going to do that. And I think one of our goals here, Mike, should be to not name any American names, not name those names you see on your Facebook feeds, on your Twitter feeds, on your Instagrams. That's right. Um, And on all those news sources that Mike so eloquently listed in our introduction podcast that you should go back and listen to if you haven't already. But you're going to get that on your Twitter updates for the rest of the day. So we're going to take you out of that, take your head away from CNN. Yes. Didn't mean to name one. Yeah, no. Sorry. (laughs) That's that's okay. We were not going to slander about it. But we're going to take you away from it and into some other scandals. Yes, so maybe we'll, you'll hear the name Michael Connolly, for example. Great Irish name. Or Tom McDonald, as, as we'll talk about later. A hero. And of course, uh, the unforgettable Philly Healy Ray. That's um, right, but these are names that we want to sort of consume the next about 12 minutes of your life, yes. and not the ones that you're hearing every night. Exactly. So, ironically, we actually learned the most about Irish politics when we were in Budapest. That's right. We'd heard all of these rumors and these crazy things when we were abroad in Ireland, but when we got to this wonderful dinner mm. in Budapest, thanks, Krista. Exquisite. Uh, we met this couple from Dublin that told us sort of the full backstory of what had been going on, and it was it was pretty enlightening. Yes. So uh, I believe their names were Thom and Carla. Yes. Oh, Carla was so lovely. Oh, my God. She was a jewel. And Thom was so attractive. And he- he was, he was. I'll, I'll, I'll have to even admit that. And, and this couple, I'd say they were around maybe forty. Yeah, but 40 they were years like old, but ten years younger than us at heart. I mean, they went out way later than us both nights in Budapest. Yes, and they were just ruining the ruin bars. They were ruining the ruin bars. But then again, they were the most lovely people at the dinner table, and they drank like double the amount of wine that we did. They were just impressive. Yes, they were. They were very impressive. And they had a lot of feelings when it came to politics. And yes, and, and they gave us a great overview that, that we can now uh, hopefully share with you. And basically what's happening in Ireland, Ireland going back has a parliamentary system. Very similar to the U.S. in that regard. Uh, a little bit similar to the U.S. in the regard where they vote. Uh, they vote on, on their elected leaders and then there has to be a majority for someone to rule. The only difference, I think, between Ireland and the U.S. is that at the end of parliamentary elections, the parliamentarians then vote on the leader. The people don't actually vote on the number one numero uno in their country. But in a sense, there are similarities. In a sense, we don't really vote on, on our leader in the U.S. either, if you think about it. Mm, yeah, that's for a different podcast, but Yes, but it's, it's, it's a great it's parallel true. between the, electro, the Electoral College and the parliamentarians. So, yeah. so maybe you could actually say we do have a parliamentary system in the United States. Yeah. 
but it's helpful to understand sort of that that's how all of their collections happen at a base Here's level. Found on the web for the parliamentarians, so maybe you could actually parliamentary <laughs> in the United States. Sorry, we'll cut that out in post. I don't know what that was. I just touched Siri back. Siri is just trying to help us that explain the system to you. But all you really have to know is that the leaders are democratically elected, and usually it's a pretty simple vote. Yes, and and, and usually what will happen is that uh, one of the two main parties, Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil, will receive more votes, and they'll co-align with another party, usually the Labour Party. And so normally the Labour Party is strong enough to lead to a win. So it attaches yes. itself to one of the parties, and then they go ahead and they straight up just win the election. But with the diminished support for the Labour Party, yes. that's just not happening. Yes, and there was, uh, like Mike was saying, used to be a much bigger support for the Labour Party, but what happened was the economy crashed. Yeah, and, and everyone blamed the Labour Party. So everyone who lost their jobs in Ireland just simply thought it was the Labour Party's fault, and the Labour Party went from, like, full support to no support. Yeah, so the, they crashed almost as fast as the real estate market in Ireland, which, believe it or not, had things even worse than we had here it in It was really bad back there, and the growth back from that has taken a little bit longer as well. Exactly. So right now, there's the Fine Gael and the Fine Fall Party, uh, neither of which have been able to form a successful coalition, and quite frankly... In the Irish election, it's currently uh, looking like a contest of who can act like they care less. And right now, no one is caring more than more than the bar necessary to get a coalition together. Yeah, and so parties just aren't attaching to these other two parties, and so no one's coming away with a majority. So you have this deadlock, which which is really frustrating citizens like Tom who would like to live in a country with a government. And clearly, they just they just don't have one. Yes, and ironically, as Thom explained to us, Fine Gael and Fine Fall parties aren't that different. No, they're spelled almost the same way, both very confusing. And if you look into what they believe, they're pretty identical. I mean, the way it was explained to us is that it's very similar to the Democratic Party, maybe a little more right-leaning. But they have essentially the same policies. They've just hated each other since the Irish Civil War. Yeah, so, and we saw the heart of, of the Irish Civil War when we were there. So it was really cool. There, It was the centennial of... It was literally the 100-year anniversary of the big uprising. Well, there, within, like, two weeks of St. Paddy's Day. So this was, like, weeks of celebration all across Ireland. And it was really interesting to see them fully celebrate that moment in their history. But little did we know when we saw those reenactments mm. that... That was also the beginning of a huge divide between Fine Gael and Fine Fall that would come back and create complications. Exactly, later on. people are literally tracing this back to their ancestors, which is quite yeah, frankly like was saying, It's just like what side did your grandmother fight on? With very little of an actual dichotomy between the ideologies of these groups. Right, it's like two frenemies that believe the same thing. That's why they're in the same friend group, but they won't hold hands because they're jealous. Yes, and I think maybe watching Mean Girls is almost like watching it's like this Irish election situation, and they can't hug it out. Exactly, they're they're both strong-willed, and they're both very similar in many ways. Yet they can't really form a successful coalition that just can't be broken up by some girl from South Africa. Right, and if they hugged it out and combined themselves, then they could be one super mean girl, 
and rule all of Badass Ireland. But that's not happening. That's not happening. And that's option one. And there are about four options where what, yes. what could happen next. Yes. And it's, I think it's, it's helpful to, those to do that to understand why really they should make Fetch happen in Hub. Exactly. So to, to make Fetch happen is the first option where Fine Gael and Fine Fall parties co-align to form one super uh, majority coalition and rule Ireland from there. And there are four other options. Yeah. So option two is that, you know, Katie comes in a lesser mean girl and attaches herself to one of them, and then they still become the more powerful party. And so the Labour Party is not big enough to do this, but one of these other parties in Ireland could do this and then create a ruling party. The problem there is that that would push either Fine Gael or Fine Fáil more to the left or more to the right than they really want to be. Exactly. So you're seeing a lot of extreme parties that are popping up that could hypothetically attached to one of these more moderate giant parties to form a majority coalition, but that doesn't look like it's happening either. Right. And then you've got option three, which is send in that form and just become part of Great Britain. Yes, and that, of course, is the easy option. Easy logistically, maybe hurts on the historical side. Yes, and, and going back to history, which is just so essential, and I think maybe even the theme of this podcast. Yeah, if we're talking about making Grandma proud, that's not the way to do it. Exactly. And, and, and then option four is, is an option that is also extremely divisive and derisive currently in Ireland. And if you read op-eds, uh, and we've read almost all of them, I would say, but I uh, can't quote through them now on this podcast, but you should take some time on your own and do research further if you're interested and, and see thoughts on this fourth option. Would you like to cover the, the fourth option? So then? the fourth option is like start at ground zero and just do everything. Revote. Just completely revote. Have a new election. Have a new so like This is actually an option. Forget forget this all happened and just start campaigning again, give everyone a new ballot, and try again. Which is kind of frightening because everyone probably just vote the same way. Exactly. It's not like there's been a movement in Irish politics since the last election. So no one knows which party is stronger and has the better chance of forming the government. So everyone would just vote for the same party. Yes, and, and most likely, and we'd just be back to square one. Yet, that right. looks like what's going to happen because yeah. none of the other options are happening. Of course, meanwhile, we're stuck with option five, which is... like scariest of options. I, arguably. Yeah, would you like to explain it? I would love to explain it. Option five is what's happening right now, which in one word, quite simply, is anarchy. It is. It's really interesting to see. I think the biggest example of this was when we were driving through the Kenmare countryside Shout out to Anne, who was a wonderful tour guide. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and Anne, And she took us around the Ring of Kerry. And luckily, we knew what a gross fire was. These little fires that are, uh, you know, lit up on farms to burn the bad grass. But this looked a little more extreme. And we knew that we were about two months outside of gross fire season. We saw the hills just ablaze. ablaze. Like, people were drunkenly burning their country. And so my first thought was like, oh, love activism. My second thought was like, the cows. What's happening out there? So I asked And Anne, the sheep. And the sheep. All of the sheep. They're so flammable. And they have spray paint on them, so they're even more flammable. Yes, of course, to mark whether or not they're pregnant. Right. And so, like, the last thing I want is, like, a flaming pregnant sheep. And so I think, Anne, how do we stop this? What's going on? And she was like, well, everyone wants to burn their gross, and there's no government. So who the heck's going to stop us? So literally people are just burning things because... Who's going to stop that? And, right? like, and it is illegal, just to make this clear. It's illegal to do after February, yet they were just continuing through totally the spring. Illegal, but they know that there's no government, no enforcement. 
And so they're just going to keep doing it. As Ireland literally burns to the ground. Yeah. I mean, so where is it going to go from here? So it's really concerning that the best possibility is to do another vote. Because, like, fires spread so fast. And so we just don't know where this is going. So, like... What can, we, got, what can we take away from, from what's going on right now as, as Ireland's burning? Is that we need a solution. And we need a solution quickly. And so maybe this whole read vote thing is not the best way to do it. So we need someone from within, like the Healy Rays, to really do something and maybe unite the parties. And the Healy Rays, I think, are a great example yes. of local Irish politics where you can really see change from within. So we met the Healy Rays when we were in Kilgarvin, which is an incredible little town. It's got one restaurant that will open up for you if you ask it to, and three great bars. And they're actually campaigning against drunk driving rules, which we'll cover, I think, in another podcast. But it's a, yes. it's a really active town. These two brothers. And one of the best descriptions I got of the Healy Rays was from a man we were staying with. And Tom McDonald. From Tom McDonald who was saying that it's kind of like, I'm almost going to say it's going to be offensive, I'm going to say like a gang environment where they show up to all the funerals, they show up to all the weddings, these guys are just there in your life, and they know how to fix things, right? So they say like, band-aids don't fix bullet holes, but politics do. And we literally heard a story like this where one man's sister yes. was in the hospital, couldn't get Sean. the right care. Yeah, Sean's sister couldn't get the right care, called one of the Healy Rays, and he made it happen. These are two guys who are activists in a really small community, but also really influential in Dublin. And so I think what could be the right solution here is to get local activists like the Healy Rays to feel out the population and maybe get people to pick one party. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's brilliant, Mike. And, and I think that if, if you look at it, the Healy Rays kind of are, if it, I don't mean to shout out an American's name here, but if you've seen Black Mass with Whitey, with um, Johnny Depp, then I think you, you kind of have a sense for what's going on at this local level and local politics in Ireland, where there's just kind of a favor system and there's a lot of bribery. There's a lot of... Um, but it seems to work. Maybe we met the right people. I mean, so Tom, the policeman that we hated stayed it. with, hated it. He was not super happy about it. But a lot of other people were. But yes. it, it shows sort of an interesting view into how the whole system's working. Yeah, so basically these two brothers, the Healy Rays, are, represent uh, Kilgarvin, represent County County Kerry in, in the national... Their posters are epic. They're in their national politics. They have posters everywhere. They run the bars. They they run they run these small towns. And they're people... Some people love them. Some people hate them. But love them or hate them, they're what... They are, as Mike said, what has to bring this country together. And I'd like to share one quick little story. Uh, there hasn't been any major political changes, but I, there has been one major political change, actually. Ooh, it almost, like, really upset the whole country. Yes, and, and this is 100% true, and, and you'll you'll see in a moment... It's like local politics gone bad. ...why we need to tell you this story and why we need to warn you about its truth. And, and again, you might want to be sitting down for this. But one of the Healy Rays, I believe it was Danny, was recently attacked by a cow. Yeah. And, yeah. and brutally injured in the ICU. Mm-hmm. And you might actually... Like straight up kick to the body. Exactly. And you might actually see a re-election shifted by the mere presence of Danny Healy Ray in the hospital. People didn't know what was going to happen to him. 
I mean, like a cow kick is, is not something you come back from. And he was in the ICU for days when all of this stuff was really coming to fruition. And so the country was freaking out. How can my local rep not be there for me physically when we don't have a governor? Exactly. So what's, I think, going to happen is either you're going to see the Healy Rays, part of, of course, sorry for not mentioning before, but part of the Finnefall party, uh, just in name only, really. They, they have their own brand of politics, as we definitely saw throughout the countryside. But I think you'll see this cow kick either shift people against the Finnefall party and toward toward a more moderate, maybe, uh, Finnegal party, or it's going to shift them the other way. Yeah, it's really going to punt them towards the government or keep them at a standstill. And literally, it will kick them, just like Danny yeah. got kicked by that cow. Yes, and I think that ties back to the overall theme of this episode. Yes, and looking at the history of Ireland, the history of cows in Ireland, and really... And the ruling farming families. Yes, and, and really that politics in Ireland is shaped more by history than ideology. And and maybe we can step back for a moment and think about how that might not only be true in Ireland, but true in the entire world. Yeah, definitely true elsewhere in a lot of other countries. And it's, it's such a force. It's such a force. So I think that's about our time for this week. It wraps things up. But I think we covered a lot, and I hope that you can at least take a small fraction of, of what you got here and maybe grab that baton and, and run with it and really and really go the full mile with this thing. Indeed. And please join us next week as we look at alcohol in Ireland in a whole new way. We've got the death of the Irish pub, drunk driving laws, soda streams, and what millennials are doing to really kick up the whole industry. Uh, so please join us. Yes, it's going to be incredible. Thank you to all of those who made this podcast possible. Thank you to Hillbilly's Fried Chicken, all the Toms and Thoms out there, as well as Ann and Ken Mayer. Thank you to the town of Middleton and the Jameson Distillery. Thank you to the Evergreen House for doing what you do best. And of course, thank you so much to Kevin McLeod for the music and to Blue Tractor for their continued support. We want to thank our official sponsor this week, Beans Kitchen. Beans Kitchen. Need a good vegan-friendly meal for your whole family in an outdoor setting? Call Beans Kitchen. She'll cook it up for you. And please, if you haven't already, sign up for a weekly update at thebinge.com, T-H-Y-B-Y-N-G-E.com. You can follow us on Twitter at The Binge, and you can email us at bingeus at gmail.com. Thanks for binging. Stay full, team.